This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Welcome to the other side of 200. The Clay Young Show is on your podcast device, and it's good to be here. We are finally in May, and that means smoke them if you got them. Sunday, May 19th at Ben 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge, benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, Special Ops Survivors Foundation, Obviously, we support first responders and military veterans, and this year's event for the second year in a row is being presented by Mockler Beverage. Cannot wait. You can learn about the event and see pictures from previous Smokums at SmokumBR.com. That's Smokum, S-M-O-K-E-E-M, SmokumBR.com. Wow, uh, so much to talk about about that event, and I will do that in the closing segment of this episode of the podcast. Our guest today is Jay Grimes, Chief Meteorologist for WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. Jay's been on the show a few times talking about weather events, and obviously he does his annual hurricane season preview, which will happen again in a few weeks, but he's on today. Just going to talk about these crazy weather patterns happening around the country and then a little bit about the science of the Mississippi River. Interesting conversation he and I had, I guess a little over a week ago. On Good Friday, I was out in Point UP Parish here in Louisiana and I happened to be out on the levee and got to see how high the river was. Actually, the first thing that got my attention is I was on my way uh, to meet some gentlemen. We were doing uh, an event or had a gathering, and as I'm driving by the levee, I look up and I see a riverboat that was so high, it looked like it was sitting on top of the levee. Scared the hell out of me. So I remember going back on my four-wheeler to look and see how high the river was, and then to go up to that riverboat. Just amazing. And so I called Jay, I think, later that day, And he and I talked for about an hour about this. And then the historical nature of what's happening with the Mississippi really captivated me. And quite frankly, there are some things that the public should be concerned about as it relates to this river. And we do have precautionary options we can take if if it continues to get out of hand. But I think there's some details about this that you really need to hear And Jay is going to talk about that with us in just a moment. Listen, quickly here, if you have a show suggestion or feedback on any of the shows that we've done, all you got to do is email me. My email address is clay at podcast225.com. That's clay at podcast225.com. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR on Twitter there and, you know, I'm a little more candid about a lot of things on Twitter than I am on Facebook, where you can find me forward slash Clay Young and on Instagram, Clay underscore Young BR to see what's going on, learn about the show, catch up with things that I think about uh, that are happening in society. Not a whole lot of that. Everybody else has a million opinions and 
I don't sometimes I don't think one more will make one difference one way or the other. But from time to time, I do have fun with people on social media. So looking forward to talking with you about Smoke'em. We will do that after our guest in studio talks with us about what's happening with the weather. He is Jay Grimes, and he's going to be sitting in this chair to my left next. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. The 6th Annual Smoke em If You Got em fundraiser presented by Mockler Beverage takes place Sunday, May 19th at 4 p.m. at Ben 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge. This year's event benefits the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation and Special Ops Survivors Foundation. Come enjoy live music, a grill station, a cigar station, a dessert station, and lots of other great surprises. Live auction items include a trip to San Diego and an unbelievable trip to Normandy. Learn more at smokeembr.com. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 mobile app. This is the Clay Young Show. Back with Jay Grimes, chief meteorologist for WAFB TV. And I told him we had to hit the record button because he's busting myths right and left. He won't let me have one old wives tale to hang on to. Uh, you know what? I'm glad I didn't say that to Richard Conda. <laughs> but but uh, I'll, for, before we get into it, how are you, bud? How's it going? I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, uh, things are uh, rolling along, uh, including that, that Mississippi River that we've been chatting a little about. Yeah. Uh, and uh, your friend there, RC Richard Conn. Yeah, another one of my yeah. uh, my highlights of uh, the day to day lifestyle. I, I do listen to my man Richard, and uh, yeah, um, things are things are going well. And and uh, over there on WAFB, you know, we've had some changes, but uh, life is good there too. Well, that's good. Uh, are they ever going to let you drive that freaking truck? <laughs> Now you open the door. Okay. Well, I'm going to close that door okay, before close we it, get in. Close there. it, close right. it, close now, it. Now, I, I, I will be driving the truck. I just may be a little grayer and a little balder before it happens. I, I mean, when, when the Super Bowl ad ran and everybody is wondering what's going on and people are thinking, is Jay leaving? Is he... Is he going fishing, as they say? It's like, he's not going anywhere. But listen, it is a cool-looking truck. You know what? I mean, it looks cool, but the fact of the matter is it is technology on four wheels. I mean, that's literally a traveling studio. That's amazing. We could do a show right out of the back of that pickup truck and 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 that's that's part of the problem we call it a pickup truck but it is it's it more is than that so beyond that well how would you use it though if you're if you're out in it i think it was maybe last week 
we had that bad weather. I mean, because because when you're in studio, you're over the radar explaining to people what's right. happening and what you expect right. based upon what the what the equipment is saying, the technology is saying. How would the truck factor into that? And, and here's the thing. I mean, the truth of the matter is when things are breaking, my job is in the studio. Yeah. So uh, while everybody keeps calling it Jay's truck, <laughs> chances are when things are really going south, yeah. I'm in the studio, but we're putting... Uh, either one of the other uh, weather people like mm-hmm. Steve or Jeff in the truck mm-hmm. or even even a reporter. And they're out there getting you the live info right. while I'm in the studio explaining what's breaking. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it is, it's going to be a great tool. It's going to be an opportunity for me to take it out into the public, including, you know, things as simple as school visits. But mm-hmm. more importantly, it's going to be a way for us to just expand what we already do. And, and I'm just very, very fortunate to work with. And I'll say it, and I'll be biased about it. I work with the best weather team in town here, <laughs> and uh, uh, we've just added one big piece of technology to that formula. Whose idea was that? Uh, you know, it, 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 when it comes to fruition, you know this, everybody takes credit. That's but, exactly but, right. But the, but the truth is, uh, you know, it had been bounced around for a little bit, and there were there's some people that thought, well, that'll never work, and there mm-hmm. were those that thought, This is a great idea, and I want to high-five my management for saying, let's make this happen. Yeah. And uh, and so now uh, we literally have a studio on four wheels. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, Ronna Carrenti. Man, she seems like a rock star. She is um, a shaker and a mover, and... and, uh, I'm just uh, hanging on for dear life. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because weather, and we've talked about this every time you've been on, the impact weather has on this city. And I'm not talking about just rainfall. I mean the flow of everything in Baton Rouge. And I guess it's that way everywhere. But here, it's so much more heightened now. Because you remember, we've had rainstorms before, man, and the city didn't shut down. Now it seems more regular that there is more of a, I don't want to say panic, because I think that's unfair, but more of a reaction to the weather that comes. Clay, you're you're on target there, and a lot of people get a little uh, perturbed with us. Mm -hmm. The question here is, in part, what we can see coming Mm -hmm compared to what we couldn't see coming just 10 years ago. Right. Now, answer to to the to the uh, uh, the, the naysayers and the and those that are anti-reactionary is that yeah, sometimes when we see something coming, it doesn't materialize. Mm-hmm. But in the bigger scheme of things, the the potential of something showing up and the our ability now to tell you uh, 12 or even 24 hours ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a big deal. And you're right, things have changed up. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of our local school superintendents, and he was kind of bragging about the fact that this year he didn't have to use any of his weather days. So uh, he's wow. he's juggling uh, how he's going to close the school year for the st- district because he's actually three days in the plus never even thought about it that, that way but you know, but that's correct we haven't right. had that that's right so but wait a minute even, even a couple i thought there was i thought there were some schools or was that like there were other there parishes were, yeah it, that wasn't in the capital a couple region. Had closed down early and 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 so there are some schools but 
in in the last couple of years, most of these districts now are pocketing three rain days, three storm days. Let's mm-hmm. call it that. Mm-hmm. And typically, you know, one of them they presume is going to go away for winter weather. One's going to go away for severe weather. Well, this sure. year we've had no winter weather, mm-hmm. and we did have, as you you point out, a couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago, yeah. we had one day where a couple of the schools said uncle and, yeah. and got out but that means that there's still two days to the yeah. good so that's in the formula for that it's so funny that day i remembered there was all that talk leading up to what the weather was going to be like and right. then in the morning it wasn't as bad but i but around the middle of the day the bottom fell out and where my office is there is a grocery store near here that must have a metal roof on the top of it <laughs> And man, <laughs> pinging away, brother, it was so loud. People were going to see what the heck was happening. And I, right. I think that was one of those situations going back to the the whole naysayer part of this. I think it is. I think it's symptomatic of everything in society now because everyone gets to share their opinions on these interconnected platforms that we have. Invariably, you have people who just piss on everything. <laughs> and and I think that. I get it when people are upset that they didn't know about something happening that does happen. Right. But I'm going to be honest with you, bro. If you tell me there is a chance of 80 degree wind gusts, hail falling, lightning thundering, and the possibility of tornadoes, and that doesn't happen, I'm good. Uh, you know, Clay, I think most rational people are with you on that. But and, and what we're hearing from are all those people that said, and this is what I hear all the time, we never close school because of rain. You're right. But 10 years ago, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. or my generation, two generations ago, right. uh, you, you didn't see it coming. You didn't see and, it. You and, didn't know it was going to happen. Or, and you didn't you didn't even have a sign that it would happen. Right. So, yeah, truth is, even 24 hours ahead of time, we see something that says it's going to be, uh, you know, red lights out, mm-hmm. and it doesn't occur. Mm-hmm. I, I lean your way. You know, we gave you a warning that things could be really rough. Right. It didn't materialize. Are you really complaining about that? I think that's just what people do now. And, uh, and so I take right. a lot of it with a grain of salt because it's become a sport. It's like who can race to the front of the line and be the first person to complain. It doesn't really matter what happens, what news there is. There's going to be a yeah, person yeah. who wants to go against it just for the sake thereof. And look, I, I get it. If mom and dad have to figure out what they're going to do with the kids because school got canceled mm-hmm. for tomorrow but on the other hand what are you going to do if in the middle of the day they start sending kids home early? right i mean and, and it happens so infrequently that it i don't know why it's such a big deal but it's again it's kind of this ongoing battle i have with news in general <laughs> it's because i think there are things that you just need to know the who what when where and why and then the editorialization of it and and on social media man it's crazy, but weather is a pastime for people. I mean, in the last 20 years, look how many mega movies there have been about apocalyptic weather situations. You're, you're right there. <laughs> and and uh, look, in, in my world, uh, uh, you've heard me say this before. I, I never go out in public without the uh, Teflon underwear because <laughs> somebody's going to take a crack at you. And the truth is, yeah, we can't be right. right. But remember... My job is to tell you what's going to happen to tomorrow and the day after. Right. How many people out there 
that's what they're doing. No. And what I'm trying to do is not scare you. I'm right. trying to prepare you. Sure. And that's the difference. It's not about trying to turn this into a hype situation. Yeah. It's not about trying to get you uh, on edge about what might happen tomorrow. It's simply a matter of, uh, hey, it's going to be a nasty day. Right. How are you going to handle it? And I got to believe that for the majority of people, that's good information. Yeah, I mean, it's just a part of it. For me in the morning, I think it was yesterday, no, Monday, there was a cement truck turned over on Blue Bonnet. How the hell anybody was going fast enough to turn over a bicycle, let alone a cement truck on Blue Bonnet in the morning, is a mystery to me. But when things like that happen and you hear about it, it instantly recalibrates how you move around the town. You know it. Yeah. Uh, and so the same goes with weather. If you tell me there's a likelihood of rain in the morning, if it doesn't rain, you know what? Good. It's fine. But if it does, I still got to a meeting early because I was prepared for it. That That's what we do. And, and when I say we, it's not just us at Channel 9. It's all my colleagues in the business. Nobody's out there to You're going to get Shingleton the truck if you keep all this up. <laughs> Well, not from what I hear, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, the, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, we're, we're not out trying to make news. Sure. I mean, weather is news. And, and in fact, uh, and we've had this conversation too. Look, uh, uh, all goodwill and everything to all my news partners. But yeah. you know why people watch local weather, uh, the local news? Weather's number one. Oh, no, there's, there's no doubt. By the time... I get to six or ten o'clock. The stories are already out there by the the outlets themselves. They right. do a push notification that tells you the story. All you're watching is the prompter read on television and maybe some video. And that's if there wasn't live video at the scene. And that's just the nature of the beast. The only thing that's happening in the real time is I'm getting somebody to talk me through a forecast. And what I care about is that opening slide about what tomorrow's going to look like, talking me through a little bit of it, and then waiting for the five-day or seven-day or whatever, because all that impacts what's going to happen. And thank you for that, because there is a difference. Yeah, your weather's popping up on your device, mm -hmm. but there's a difference between seeing it on a device and somebody telling you the why. And yeah. that's that's what we're after. The whole point is the why and the chances mm -hmm. of what might be a little different than that thing that's showing up on your on your device. And where it is, because I've heard yeah. you say, like yesterday, for example, did it rain in parts of Baton Rouge yesterday? Yes, it did. Yeah. So sitting here at the office didn't get a drop. Right. right. I go into Mid City yesterday, and it had apparently rained a little bit enough yep. for it to be sitting on the road with right. puddles with the rest of it being dry and that's kind of the thing so the forecast could call for a percentage of rain that you may never see but somebody else gets a gully washer well that's exactly it i mean what does 40 percent mean 40 percent actually means that there's a chance you, there's a pretty good chance you're going to stay dry mm -hmm. but somebody may get wet and and, and i know that People think that we use those numbers to kind of dodge the truth. But the fact of the matter is, that's where the science is. A 4 in 10 chance means there's less than 50-50 you're going to right. get wet. But if the weather forecaster doesn't tell you how much rain, they've only told you half the story. If I tell you 40% chance of rain, but if you do get wet, it's going to be an inch, that's a very different story. <laughs> Listen, I always joke with you. I'll text you, and whenever I hear you say 100% chance of rain, <laughs> I, it, it just 
just almost never rains. I just think there's a big joke being played when you say 100% chance of which you rarely do that. I never but, do that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Is, I mean, yeah, that's pretty – somebody's going to stay dry. But, uh, uh, you know, look, it, it is Louisiana. And, right. And, and folks need to remember this is the wettest state in the lower 48. True. Rain is a part. Of our day-to-day. And that, you know, whether you like it or not, rain is why it's uh, considered sportsman's paradise. No question. You know, we we talked about this earlier and because I, I want to, you know, in a few weeks, you'll have to be back in that chair again because we are moving on to hurricane season. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's right and, Which the is corner. insane. But <laughs> I referenced in the beginning of our conversation about the Mississippi River. Yep. And because of everything else going on, May is one of those busy months because of high school graduations and kids transitioning and moving and there are lots of weddings in May yep. you know for some reason and so people are busy with their lives and I called you on the evening of Good Friday after having been out in New Roads seeing that water and your reaction was like oh yeah it's and it was almost like absolutely that that's what's going on right now how are we missing that well you know we as as a as a community we have a short window of attention and everybody will remember that a couple of months ago the mississippi river was a bigger story yeah and we've just kind of moved on yeah and and the fact of the matter is the river hasn't dropped at all correct i mean we're still well above 40 feet right now and when i say well above i mean 41 42 feet which for Baton Rouge is really a high water. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that flood stage here is 35 feet. Now, the levees protect to 46, 47, mm-hmm. but we have been in flood on the river here in Baton Rouge since the uh, 5th of January. Wow. So we're, we're, we're not just only talking about a long run here. We are about to not only break the record for the longest run of flood since the levees were built but we're we're about ready to push past the mega flood of 1927 the whole event that created the levee system in the first place and what's maybe a little scary what you just said is well i you know and for most people they don't they don't get it they don't see it and and even the people that drive over the river every day twice Mm -hmm. once over and once back have kind of gotten a little dazed by it because it just looks uh, well it looks like it did yesterday well yeah it looks like it did yesterday for the last uh, three and a half months but it is not supposed to be that high and and in fact yesterday i gave a talk at the uh, um, association of uh, levy boards of louisiana mm-hmm. and part of the talk a big focus was just how high the river is not only in terms of how high it is but how long it has been that high and one of the things i, I like to 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 tell people is that what we're seeing is a system the levy system mm-hmm. that is working exactly the way it is supposed to perfect perfect segue to one of the things that I mentioned to you when we spoke on Good Friday evening, it was I I marveled after the fact at the structural integrity of the levee because of how fast that water was moving. Yep. We talked about it and how you've got the sheer weight of that old man, the Mississippi, leaning on it. And nobody ever really thinks about that that pile of dirt it's what's keeping total catastrophe off of several communities across our state. Not several, 
hundreds I mean, <laughs> and thousands of people. No and, question. And, and we're talking about people that live, uh, you know, when you get on, uh, uh, particularly on the east bank of Baton mm-hmm. Rouge, everybody kind of knows Highland Road. Right. Okay. If you live on the high side of Highland Road, mm-hmm. you're never going to have an issue. Right. But there are tens of thousands of people that live down on what? is the floodplain, mm-hmm. an area that used to flood every spring right. before the levees were built. And 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 I think that there, and I live there, I live down on the floodplain, mm-hmm. and, and people down there have no idea how high the water is. And the comment you made about being out there on, on Good Friday, you know, if you go over to the levee on a, mo- on a morning uh, and you're down there on the floodplain and... You see this boat going by, and suddenly you can read the name of the boat. <laughs> That's what happened. I told Jay, I said, "Man, I'm on the I'm on the road by the levee, and I'm just driving along, and I just kind of look over. You know, like on television, somebody looks and does a double take, and I stopped in the middle of the road and put my window down because I'm thinking, man, that river is high, and I'm telling you that river boat was eye level from the ground with the top of the levee, and I had to go back to see that because I just couldn't believe it." And I, you know, I've been over there all my life going back and forth, and I've never seen that before. Uh, you know, and, and we're using the wrong term here. We're calling it a boat. It's an ocean-going that, vessel. That, that's, that's exactly right. right. We're talking about river boats with, you know, with all these passengers and amenities of it. It's not like some little dinghy that you, you know, normally you can see those smokestacks from the road. <laughs> right. That's about it. I've yeah. seen the Mississippi Queen over there, the Delta Queen. This ship was the uh, American Duchess. And it was it was sitting right there. And for people who've ever crossed the the river at between St. Francisville and New Roads, you know that there is a slope going down a ramp that there's a little barge there that takes you from uh, the, the little ramp going down onto the ferry. Right. I guess it's about, I don't know, 50, 60 yards down. The river boat was even with the levee. In other words, there was no slope. It was buttressed right against the top of the levee. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying, man, that is, it's amazing that I've never heard that before, you know, before I saw it and talked to you that day. And and and, and here's the thing, uh, you know, it, it's great that we cannot even think a second thought about the fact that the river is this high, yeah. which tells us that the levee system Absolutely. is not only working, but the fact of the matter is, if your listeners remember in 2011, when they did have to open the right. Morganza Spillway, right. uh, where the river got higher. Well, look, we've only been about a foot, foot and a half shy of that same water level. It's unbelievable. And we've been hanging there for weeks now uh, above 40 feet, even 42, 43 feet. And in Baton Rouge, when you get to about 45, that's kind of in, in your mind, that's your ballpark trigger for opening Morganza. So we've been a couple of feet shy of that for weeks, even months now. And the fact of the matter is that the Corps acknowledges that, uh, yeah, there have been some issues. We know we've had some sand boils here, some remarkable seepage. Mm -hmm. But the number of sort of uh, hot spots, if you will, is less than half of what it was back in 2011, which means that the Corps has done a great job. They learned their lessons back in 2011, and they're on top of it now. Now, the one thing is, is that... uh, we got another little mini slug of water coming down the river. Man, we're, we, we got it working today, brother, because I was going to wait on you to finish to, to ask that question. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about this before we started recording. 
uh, you know, and I referenced old wives tales, but there has always <laughs> been a saying around this part of the, the Gulf South, specifically in Louisiana, about late May, early June, about all the thaw from snow up north. I mean, it was snowing, I think, in Minnesota or Wisconsin this past weekend. I was watching something and they were talking about snow. And so that generally starts to make its way down here back into this month, early part of next month, which has an impact on the Mississippi. Right. And so having said that, we're ex- do you have any idea what we can expect well, well, in the well, way of that? The, the snow thaw is not an issue this season. Okay. The snow's all gone. Even okay. those little events that you might see up there, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not a lot. And one of the things that uh, uh, I like to remind people is it takes a foot of snow to be an inch of rain, okay. in roughly. So, sure. so yeah. even if they do get a rogue May snowstorm and it drops six inches of snow, it's still it it's the same as just a big heavy rain mm-hmm. but what we do know and 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 those of you that are watching the news i mean we've got another flood up there yeah. in the in the upper mississippi river now truth of the matter is for us the rain that falls in cincinnati is way more important than the rain that falls in Des Moines, Iowa. Why? Uh, because the Ohio River Basin accounts for about 70% of the water that comes down here. So, <laughs> so you don't worry about the upper Mississippi. You don't worry about the Missouri. You worry about Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Lexington. Huh. That's where most of our water comes from. But the fact of the matter is, is that it has been a little on the wettish side. Not snow wet, but rain wet. Uh, in, in the northern part of the uh, of the basin, so everything is showing us another little uptick, and we could see the river here in Baton Rouge at this time of year. Given that the snow is gone, you would start to expect to see the river to fall. Mm-hmm. We're looking at what could be another foot or two of rise. Yeah. So two things: we're still way above forty feet. Yeah. So could we honestly and I think, and the core is dancing around this, and they're saying not, not, not going to happen. I think we're close to fifty-fifty for reopening the spill, the, uh, the Bonnie Carey spill. Oh, the Bonnie Carey. Right. Okay. Now that's below us. Yeah. But open twice in the same year, that has never happened right. before. They closed it in April. I think there's about a fifty-fifty chance they'll open it again in the coming weeks. Which, which will take some of the, which will give some relief to the levees. That are holding water back? But only below it. And this is the thing. Everybody says, Everybody, a lot of people think that when they open Bonnie Carey, that's relief to us. doesn't do anything to us. The only thing, when you have, same with Morganza. Opening Morganza only helps everybody below. Okay. It doesn't affect anybody above. Opening Bonnie Carey helps uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. and that's what they're after. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to take any pressure off of the levees up here. And so... While I think the chances still are probably no better than about one in five, hmm. Morganza's not off the table completely. No, I always wondered why they let people rebuild there. I was talking to people over there, and that is that is a big subject with people who live on the west side of the river. I mean, to, to me it was such a new thing, but to them it's like, oh yeah, it was. they talk about it all the time. And they have a realization of how... It isn't disastrous yet, but how you can see over the horizon how, man, this could be a problem for us if some things go wrong. And the conversation shifted to Morganza because a lot of after 2011, a lot of people have moved back into those areas that were flooded when they opened up those locks or whatever. And and so 
you know, I, you know, look, that's not for us to say here, but I think that there probably should be some discussion about where the river is a little bit more prominently than than we've been doing. Is that fair? I, 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 I think it's fair, but I think there's two things here. Uh, we're not, you know, anybody that builds in the floodway knows what they're getting into. Sure. In fact, the f- truth is, if you want to build in that Morganza floodway, you sign a contract with yeah. the Corps of Engineers every single year, which is your way of saying, I know... It's on me, not yeah, on you. Right. Yeah. And and I'm good with that. But you've got a lot of very old communities right. in the middle and lower Atchafalaya Basin. Mm-hmm. And those guys already, you know, remember, when the Mississippi gets high, the Atchafalaya gets high by definition because roughly... 30% of all the flow in the Mississippi gets sent down the Atchafalaya every single day. Yeah. So if the Mississippi is high, the Atchafalaya is already running high. And you got communities all up and down the Atchafalaya Basin. And most people just think, well, it's just uh, Morgan City. No, that's not Mm-mm. true at all. Right. you got uh, Bayou Sorrel and, and numerous pigeon and all kinds yeah. of these little communities yeah. that struggle with the high water. But when you open... Morganza, you flood hundreds of tiny little communities. Mm-hmm. And so, and those guys don't have an option. Somebody no. else in Washington right. makes a decision. And so, uh, so we need to be sensitive to them. And, 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 and a lot of folks on the Mississippi, including people right here in Baton Rouge, who think, well, why do they wait to open it? Well, the reason they wait to open it is because of the you've people. got neighborhoods yeah. and communities up and down the uh, Chafalaya Basin that need to be protected until we reach the point where you got to just make a call. Is uh, is there an option? Are there options that you think about? You're a scientist, and and some of these things are you can predict what may happen if if certain variables align, but other than that, it's kind of hard. And I don't know if I'm asking the question correctly, but are there things if you can look down the road and say, here is something to think up with the exception of saying, hey, don't build houses there. Don't let people move back there. Are there any other options? No, that's the point you just made is the number one issue. I mean, we we have play and it doesn't matter whether we're talking the Atchafalaya Basin in the main channel of the Mississippi or the Amit, the Tickfall and the Tangipahoe. We need to be more intelligent uh-huh. about where we allow people to build or and or we need to as the comment you made a minute moment ago we need to make it clear it's on you yeah if you built here it's up to you but it's not the federal government's responsibility right. to protect you because we know sooner or later this is going underwater and we we've learned a lot of hard lessons in the last decade and and uh august 2016 is a big one yep but it's not the only one yep. and we're finding one of the things we're finding is that things like these hundred year maps they're not real right. they're they're a best to guess and there were neighborhoods that went under that we thought wouldn't mm-hmm. and there were neighborhoods that we thought would that didn't right and so, uh, you know, and this gets all the way back to the whole point about insuring your property and how uh, flood insurance is going to change. And that is still a moving target yeah. that people need to deal with. But the, the bottom line is, in the, in the end, you know, if someone tells you it's not a great idea to, to, to build here, they probably have a pretty good uh, basis for their argument. I mean, the last 
the last few years, you know, Katrina, uh, then Gustav, and, you know, storms we've seen in other parts of the Gulf South region, obviously 2016, which wasn't a hurricane or a named storm. It was just a weather event. And you referenced it, seven, eight feet of water on Jones Creek Road, seven, eight feet of water on Winborne Avenue. Uh, it, it's, it's, if, if we had sat around and someone had tossed that scenario out, we would have shouted them down and said, no, 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 why would it flood over there? And then all, and you don't see it coming. So the unpredictable nature of what weather will do has to always be a variable. That's, and some things you just can't prepare for because you don't know that these things are going to line up this way. Is that fair? Oh, it's way more than fair. I mean, look, we're, we're, every day where you live, you're playing the odds, yep. and and it's why that I over the last five years I've really been on a, a campaign not on television because I don't want to put my company sure. in in but in in public when I go out in in and speak uh, I am a rabid proponent for flood insurance yeah. because I have a two question exam it's uh, you can take it at home you can take it in <laughs> it, it, question number one do you live in South Louisiana question number two has it rained in your backyard and if you can say <laughs> yes to both of those then the investment of a dollar a day yeah is more than worth it and 2016 was the perfect example it that's was right a, and and you you bring up a point I, that night I got a phone call from a, a, a lady a Thursday night in the neighborhood yeah. that she said there's water coming into my house my first thought was ma'am you can't possibly know where you live because I'm thinking there's no way right you're getting water in your house and uh, not only did she get water in her house, but she had several feet of water right. in her house before it was over. And folks, we, we, we can't, we, the science isn't that good. And so all we can do is tell you to be smart about it. And that's why I, I've become this sort of a, uh, advocate for, for flood insurance. I yeah. went out and bought it. I mean, I, I, I didn't flood, knock mm-hmm. on wood, didn't have, but I went and bought it. Like within days of everything settling down because FEMA had a lot going on, but I went out and bought it and I just said, you know what? It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's exactly right. And and and, and look, I, I get it. Four or five hundred dollars a year. I, that's not chicken feed. Yeah, it's not chicken feed, but, but it's it, it could be chicken something else if you don't have it and it that's floods. That's exactly right. So yeah, at a dollar a day, a dollar and a half a day. Yeah. You know, stop drinking the uh, Starbucks. Go to Circle <laughs> K. Save your dollar. And, and and look, and I know it's easy to make jokes, but the bottom line is but you need truth. to be thinking about yeah. it. I mean, many of yeah. you have an insect, uh, you know, you've got a, a bug contract, mm-hmm. double the bug contract, because truth is water will do a hell of a lot more damage. No doubt about it. Than- Man, I remembered see, going in and helping friends and seeing watermarks on the wall in right. places. Like, I remember going down to 17th Street after Katrina and seeing those high watermarks down there right. and with with no real comprehension that this could ever happen in Baton Rouge with the exception of the levee busted on the Mississippi and water flooding into that. But you don't think that ain't real. And you're thinking about Jones Creek, Winborn Avenue, all these areas, and it, it's real. Going back to the last, and we I referenced it earlier, how there is so much of a focus now on weather because there's so many mechanisms on your phone, on your tablet, all the channels, all the movies that talk about weather. You know, 
if you're advising someone to say, okay, I want you to prioritize the way you think about weather <clears throat> this way, what would you what would you advise? First thing is is your family. What are you going to do if a big storm were to come? And for lots of people, that's not a, a big issue. But what if you have somebody in your family that is in a, a, a medical situation that absolutely needs access to power? Mm. Okay, so do you have a generator or do you have an option to get out? There, you know, when we start talking about the potential of leaving, some families got to leave a heck of a lot sooner than mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, my family, <laughs> my wife will hate to hear this, but we're going to ride it out to the bitter end. You know, as, lo- as long as the dogs... Or so you, or so you think. <laughs> well, there you go, right? Yeah, I may be by myself, but... But, uh, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the point is... Um, it's she may one- be thinking, do you have a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> we? We? <laughs> uh, but in, in, in all seriousness yeah, yeah. here, I mean, you got to evaluate. And for many of you out there, yeah. family isn't just the four people living sure. in your house. Sure, It's mom and dad. Absolutely. Uh, you may be the patriarch to mm-hmm. the uh, sister mm-hmm. who's by herself with three right. kids. Right. You got to be thinking about your collective family okay. and, and who's going to get out or who needs to make a move. And, and in many cases, I think that uh, medical demands are the first thing on my priority Uh list can you go can you go five or seven days without power and can your 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 family members be healthy there if that's the case okay well now you go to step two and then it is uh you know what have you got squared away uh you know i I mean we, we we're still sort of in this uh Betsy mindset of yeah. fill the tub with water yeah. kind of stuff. That's probably not an issue really. Right. But it is an issue as we get uh, um, into a world of of uh, uh, medical demands to make sure people are good to go there. Second thing is uh, uh, if if you do have to get out, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? And that's not a simple one because yeah. if you wait till the end, you might find yourself looking for a hotel room in uh, Memphis mm-hmm. because everything in dry land fills up quickly. Um, and then and then the last thing to me is just making sure that, uh, uh, I mean, most of us have some kind of animal we got to take care of. Yep. So what are you going to do with the, the pets? For me, it's two dogs. For some people out there, it's two horses. Yeah. And that gets to be... Yeah, we did dif- see that, didn't we? ...different situation as well. Um, bottom line is... In 95, 99% of the events, it is 24 hours of hell, Mm -hmm. and then you recover. And uh, uh, the key is just making sure that you and your family members are ready to ride out that window of fright. And, and and understanding what you're going to do during that window. For example, people that live in in mobile homes, they, they need to be thinking about where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Even if it means just spending a day at the Albertsons mm-hmm. or at the mall, mm-hmm. it's a matter mm-hmm. of uh, a structure that is safer than the one you live in. Uh, the final question, and in some of this we're going to revisit because, again, we talked about it in about four weeks. It's hurricane season. Right around the corner. I think we've been doing it three or four years now where you come in and we talk about the, the forecast, and this year will be no different. But I don't, and I, and I don't know that I've ever asked you this, even in, in times that we've just been chatting on the phone. In the, in the event of something like 2016 where history, a weather event, 
of historical pr proportions is unfolding before you. Yes, you know it's going to rain. Yes, you know it's probably going to be a lot of rain. You've told us as much. But while, like you referenced the lady with water coming into her house, while this is happening and you're going, good grief, man, this this is worse than I thought without any sign. You know, how does that work when you're preparing for it? What are you thinking? Because there's just no way you could have known because of how fast it happened. And then it was gone. The rain started Thursday by mid Saturday it was out of here. And we were left with a couple weeks to deal with the aftermath. So what about that? I don't even know how to how to respond to that, Clay. I mean, am I allowed to say WTF here? Yeah, I you mean, can. No FCC regulation. Richard Condon's <laughs> been on the show. I did tell you that already, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's cleared the, <laughs> he's, cleared yeah. the decks for Clearly me. Clearly um, he did. Yeah, I mean, in that event, uh, you know, two days before, we're thinking six to eight inches of rain. Yeah. 24 hours before, now we're looking at double digits. Yep. And in South Louisiana, even in the wettest state, in the lower 48, 12 inches of rain in two days is too much. Mm -hmm. And then as it's unfolding, we're watching that number number get doubled again. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a, a, a point even where as a weather person, uh, from a forecast standpoint, you say, uncle, I, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you what's Never going seen on. this before. And I think, and, and I appreciate the people that were frustrated with us. Look, being wrong is not high on my priority list. Mm -hmm. But during, as that event unfolded, we really did in some ways kind of roll into a, uh, we rolled away from forecasting to a reaction. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, whether it's 12, 14, 18, or in, in some cases, 24 inches of rain, that wasn't the issue. It was how much water can you expect in, in this particular neighborhood? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is we were so far off the scale mm -hmm. that we had no way of even answering that question. So what, uh, what we were trying to do simply was to tell people, get out, get out now. Mm -hmm. uh, I would be, you know, almost 15 years ago during Katrina I remember thinking I'm going to be just fine mm -hmm. never ever doing another one of these yeah and after Katrina and then, then you had three years well you had, you had Gustav right after Katrina you know in some ways Gustav wasn't even as devastating even though locally it had a bigger footprint but you mean then 2016 uh, no, no. For, between Ka Katrina and Gustav. Okay. You had, I mean, in some ways, Katrina had set the bar so high mm -hmm. that Gustav was, in many ways, almost manageable. Even, right. Even though it was a disaster. Don't, it was disastrous right. for us, but it was more so the aftermath without power and all those things. Because right. we right. didn't have the flood situation we ended up having you know, eight years later or whatever. So. Right. But with, you know, one of the, uh, when, when 2016 came along, there really was a, a, not just a moment, but a, a couple of days mm -hmm. of a sense of, of helplessness from my standpoint of, I don't even know how to tell people hmm. what's, what's happening here. Because in many ways, 
I was completely unprepared for it because it was so off the charts right. that there was no way there, you know, people for in, in the beginning, we were trying to, for the old folks, we were trying to relate it to the 83 flood. Mm-hmm. Well, it blew that out of the water. Right. There just was no uh, yardstick here. So in 05, I thought Katrina was my Super Bowl and I never wanted to go back again. Right. 2016 changed that and uh, uh, now that is sort of the the benchmark storm for me professionally and again I, I, I don't even want to get anywhere near that again man Louisiana's resilience I mean being a native <laughs> it is something in the last 20 years you know you, you get you got to go all the way back to 1992 to talk about Andrew and Katrina happens, and then there were two storms after Katrina, and then Gustav happens, and then of course there is the 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 uh, oil spill, uh, you know, in, in the Gulf, and then the you know that tanker that the the, um, the rig that blew up out there, and right. then you get and all of this stuff happens, and I don't think we ever really sit back and go, geez, man, and we still laugh and cut up and joke about sports and all these things that don't really matter. But you want to talk about taking a punch countless times and just keep getting up. And you don't even think about it. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're too invested in other stuff to think about it. But in a 20-year span, when you look at all of those things, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. I don't know who else has that unfortunate resume around us. You know, it, the state is the comeback kid. And here yeah. we are uh, in... Whether no matter what angle you look at it, I mean, even politically and economically, we've had mm-hmm. some pretty frightening times in yep. the last uh, few years, and yet we continue to come back. and And Clay, that that's part of the equation that that brought me down here <laughs> thirty plus years ago, yeah. and and makes me want to stay. The resilience here uh, of of the community, and sure, we've got some dark stuff, and you cover that all yeah. the time, yep. but. Uh, uh, truth of the matter is this is a pretty good man place to live all you got to do is travel a little bit it'll change your mind about how bad louisiana is you'll realize that a lot of the problems here exist in other places but there are some virtues here that don't exist anywhere else people and here are good man i you know i joke with people buddies in dc and when i travel people talk about 2016 and and i'm like you know july was about as as dark a period as you can have in this state, particularly yep. in the capital region, yep. and not even 30 days later, the flood happens and all you saw was family. And it's like, you you know, because when stuff like that happens is when your heart comes out. You know, <laughs> July was, it was just an event uh, that, that no one could really, uh, really get their head around. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, the August flood was where people realize now I got to take care of my family no question and I got to take care of my neighbors no question and that was uh, that those are the the highlight stories and and when people uh, give us a little bit of a high five for what we were capable of doing and truth of the matter is uh, uh, the news folks in my business really were the heroes there. I mean, I, I could tell you, I could tell you it's gonna, when it's going to stop raining, but the, the news people in my business, and I'll even uh, give a high five to our, our competitors here, they were the ones that kept our feet on the ground sure. and told the story in a way that everyone said, 
It's going to be okay. Right. It's going to be because okay. Because you, you were able to see it. Right. I mean, even Kieran Chala going out there and being in the floodwaters, and she's three foot four. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. She was Kieran. on a pontoon. I took- <laughs> no, yeah. and, and, and three foot four might be generous, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, he doubled down. Don't blame me, Kieran. It was on. He doubled down. Uh, listen, man, we're going to do this again in, I guess, three weeks or so. I, I'm. I, I have resisted at least a couple times in our conversation about bringing up hurricane season because oh, we've okay. referenced it. But I want to wait because I want to make that conversation all encompassing of what what we can expect. I know forecasts are starting to trickle out now. I read something last week about it, but I'm going to hold off until we get you back in here. And and but I mean, everybody is fascinated with the work that you do. If you summed up your responsibility to the public and everybody screws this up, man. I'm, I'm telling you before I ask the question, everybody screws it up. If you had to sum up your responsibility to the public as a weather forecast in one word, and that's the part where people mess it up. They can't do it in one word. What would it be? Preparation. Look at that. He saw me coming. Uh, you know, look, I, it's my job. My job is hopefully to get you ready for tomorrow. And that's it. And, and by the way, I, I did want to give you a high five and a shout out. 200 plus. Man, 201. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very so much. So we started doing, you were in the top 50 and have been by, I don't even know how many times it's been now. Uh, Condon used to boast about being the, the most uh, frequent guest on the uh, he show. He boasts about everything. He, in fact, he makes up stuff. So <laughs> I wish he would keep his shirt on. Richard, he keeps taking uh, his shirt no. off. Brother, you're in good shape, but keep your shirt on, all right? Oh, that's a little frightening. I saw a video of him walking into the HR office and taking, taking his shirt off. Well, you know, I, 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 I high five to Richard. He is, uh, you know, he's had some uh, some hiccups yep. recently, yep. but he is still in incredible shape. And I only just found out uh, recently uh, that he he even can uh, back it up with some uh, uh, high school and uh, uh, college. Uh, athletic uh, talent so listen uh, man he, he jokes a lot and i tell people that that guy you get to laugh at on radio is not a reflection of that guy when that mic is off that dude works hard and i've known him nearly 20 years and he works hard i mean in a day where he can copy and paste things he still writes on those freaking <laughs> index cards i was like richard why do you do this and he talks about what it's a part of his retention he's old school he's old school you yeah. want to retain the information and i you know when i was on radio i did the same thing i never took for granted that somebody might call and know more than me so go actually do the homework because you don't want to be embarrassed by bringing up a subject trying to be an authority and then somebody just absolutely taking you to school and Richard, Richard's one of those guys. He preps as much as anybody. And, he does. Uh, you know, we joke about him, but I don't think people will. He'll never really let people see that he's not that guy. But he enjoys being hated or laughed at or ever. He's an entertainer. He lives for that, folks. Poor Sue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you, Clay. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pestop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. Here we are, termite season, swarm season, 
people better pay attention and get to pest stop. Yeah, these will be the formations. And this is wow. one that, you know, if you're seeing uh, wings, mm-hmm. specifically at night, believe it or not, the first thing you want to do is turn your lights off because that's uh, they're actually attracted to that. Secondly, you want to walk around the outside of the house to see if you're seeing any mud tunnels okay. or pinholes in the sheetrock. Yeah. Formosans are real aggressive. It's, it's not something you got to do immediately, but you don't want to let this linger on. Wow. So if you are in the New Orleans area and you need to get this, where can I get it? Yeah, so come by and see us. Our Metairie store is located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams and Villaries Florist. On the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Come on, save money. Do it yourself at Pest Stop. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. This is the Clay Young Show. Smoke them if you got them is on the way. Sunday, May 19th, man. That is less than three weeks away. Are you ready for it? I am. going to be a good one the sixth annual smoke them if you got them giving the money to the chris kyle frog foundation and the special ops survivors foundation man it, it you know this year is the year we add a couple of different items to the list of things that you can bid on in the auction live and silent one is an incredible trip to normandy that you can Get at Smokem to commemorate the 75th anniversary. Think about that. So it's up online right now at smokembr.com. Smokembr.com. Also, a trip to San Diego. And this one is special. You'll be able to interact with, and I'm not going to give away the specifics of what you're going to be able to do, but trust me. Is pretty awesome. You're going to be able to interact with active and former Navy SEALs. And this money goes to two great organizations supporting first responders and military veterans. If you don't know much about special ops survivors or the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, all you got to do is log on to smokembr.com to find out. You can buy tickets there as well. You can find out about some of what else is going to be happening there. As I said in the promo, there is a grill station presented by Insurance Procurement Services. Geico Insurance is presenting the dessert station. Don Juan Cigar Cigar Company is going to be there with their cigar station. Going to have live music. 
Jack Daniels single barrel select. Jack Daniels single barrel select. There will be special smoke'em edition bottles. Marucci Bats has a special patriotic commemorative smoke'em bat with logos for the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation and special ops survivors on the bat. You'll be able to get that in the auction. Not to mention tons of LSU, New Orleans Saints, really Louisiana-styled auction items, including some things from some legendary musicians and legendary figures in our country's history. All at this edition of Smoke'em, if you got them. If you've never been before, it's a great, great party. The music is fantastic. The atmosphere is unbelievable. And this year's event, once again, is being presented by Mockler Beverage. And it's going to be at Ben 77 in Perkins Row. The courtyard over there is fantastic. As a matter of fact, as I finish this episode of the show, I'm going over there for a meeting, and I always enjoy being in that courtyard. It's going to be awesome. If you've never been to the event again, It's only $100. All of the money goes to benefit these two great organizations, and there is so much fun. It's an honor every year to do this thing, and I hope that you will come out and experience it again, and if you've never been, experience it for the first time. My buddy Matt Williams with WAFB-TV will serve as the master of ceremonies for the event. Matt's a great dude. He's been to every smoke'em, and we always enjoy having him there. Man, I'm excited about it. It's finally May. It's finally smoking season. So that's awesome. Thank you, Jay Grimes. He is brilliant. I'm sure most of you who watch him on television here in the Baton Rouge area know that already. But just listening to the man talk about what we're facing with weather and weather patterns, I could listen to it all day. And so thank you, Jay, for coming in. He got to sign the door, as so many have been able to do. And, you know, who knows? We'll see what's on deck for episode 202. It's been fantastic, folks. Thank you so much for being here with me on episode 201 of The Clay Young Show right here at podcast225.com. Come to Smoke'em. Learn more. Smoke'emBR.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.